A Burnham soldier is under investigation for alleged animal abuse, including dumping a mistreated dog in a rubbish bin. The Defence Force has confirmed two dogs have been surrendered to the SPCA after they were found in poor condition at the military camp near Christchurch. One of them had been discarded in a recycling bin. The SPCA has confirmed the animals are alive and now receiving good care. Over the course of more than a week, Checkpoint has been quizzing the Defence Force about what happened. It refused Uses to be interviewed, but here's what we know so far. The alleged abuser is an army private. The Defence Force won't say whether the soldier is still working, but says they are being supported. It refuses to confirm the dog's breeds or give specific details about the alleged animal abuse, including a claim from a checkpoint source that one dog had its mouth taped shut. Initially, the Defence Force only provided information about one animal, saying it did not sustain any serious or long-term injury. That's before eventually revealing there were two allegedly mistreated dogs, one found in the rubbish, both in poor condition. It says camp duty staff were alerted to the incident amid concerns for the individual involved. The dogs are not service animals. NZDF says the police were notified, but they referred the case to the SPCA. Now, the SPCA's told Checkpoint it was called in on June 25th, carried out an investigation, and then passed its information to the military police on August 11th. The SPCA doesn't want to be interviewed either, saying it is a defence force issue. NZDF says a disciplinary process is ongoing, but charges have not yet been laid. Sociologist Professor Nick Taylor from the University of Canterbury has researched the link between the mistreatment of animals and other forms of violence. I think it's very concerning. I mean, whenever there is um, any kind of animal abuse, particularly uh, severe and deliberate forms of animal abuse, then, you know, there are question marks around the mental health and well-being of the perpetrator. So that would be one area of concern um, that, that I would have. Another would be that we, we tend to know that those who abuse animals, if it happens in the family, then we would be concerned for other members of the family, so um, partners, children who may or may not be being abused, but probably would be aware of the animal abuse. And we know, for example, that children witnessing animal abuse, um, it's a risk factor for them in terms of their own development and them, and them going on to abuse other animals or possibly humans. Um, and thirdly, and you know, not, not least, I think there's concern around these dogs, these victims themselves, um, you know, I mean, whenever we come across animal abuse, um, I think we, we need to recognise that the animal as a victim will have physical, emotional outcomes from this. And we need to ask questions about what they need to get past their trauma too. So when you talk about links to other forms of abuse, this is information that's been borne out by studies, isn't it? Yes, globally, over about the last 40 years, We've got a lot of evidence that shows there are various um, and complex links between violence to animals and violence to humans. So, in investigating a case like this, does that mean that authorities need to look beyond the immediate abuse to what is going on in this person's life in a more broader sense? 
I would say so, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'd be concerned for the family if there are family members. Um, you know, we, we do know that domestic violence and child abuse go hand in hand with animal abuse when it occurs. And we know this from um, global research that's proven time and time again that there is a link. And as I said, you know, if children are involved, even if they're not victims of some form of physical abuse themselves, then them witnessing the abuse um, can bring on levels of trauma for them that puts them at risk for their developmental, um, you know, faculties as, as they grow. So I do think that it, it, it's not just the actual form of abuse itself. There are some questions that need to be asked around broader interactions, broader relationships. And in fact, you know, the the states have got a really good um, cross-reporting model where those who come across um, domestic violence and child abuse also flag it to those who investigate animal abuse and vice versa, um, which, you know, indicates how seriously we should be taking this. Do we take it seriously enough in New Zealand? <clears throat> No, <laughs> no, we don't. Um, I mean, <clears throat> our, our laws, our animal welfare laws are not strong enough, in, in, excuse me, in my view. Um, you know, if we are, I mean, it, it takes money to get these, to get animal abuse to the court. And if we are able to get animal abuse to the court, um, then often the punishment is not strong enough. I, I can't say about this particular case, of course, but generally speaking, um, I think we need some kind of training and education for those who are involved in prosecuting animal abuse so that they realise how important it is to take it seriously, to send the message to society that this is unacceptable. In this case, the alleged abuser of the animals is a soldier. Does that change anything or raise any particular questions or concerns? Not really. I mean, I think wherever animal abuse occurs, we need to take it seriously and we need to um, take seriously the potential harm to those around them. Um, I mean, you know, there might be certain questions about this soldier's abilities um, or, you know, um, the, the ability that they have to use violence effectively. But beyond that, I don't think it makes, um, it makes a big difference, no. And that was Professor Nick Taylor.